0: New York City's best and longest-running comic book convention. Big Apple Con comes to New York this April 14th and 15th, Saturday and Sunday at the Penn Plaza Pavilion across from Madison Square Garden. Be there with all the fans, all the dealers, all the comic book collectors, all the cosplayers. Everyone will be there. You too should be there. Saturday night, a costume contest. Tickets on sale now.
1: BigAppleCC.com, April 14th and 15th.
2: In 2018, the Marvel Cinematic Universe turns 10 years old. Avengers Infinity War draws near. And in an attempt to make sense out of all that's happened up to this point, we find two intrepid individuals. Peter Melnick, local newspaper production associate and mild-mannered comic book and podcast enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson, morning radio announcer in Sullivan County, upstate New York with an inordinate amount of catching up to do in his own comic book universe. Alone, they stand apart. Duh. But together, they are the Marvelists.
0: Welcome, everyone, to the Marvelists, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast as I knock over my water bottle. He's being tickled, also. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And we are joined with a very special guest. Eddie,
2: introduce the man. Patricio, I don't know his last name, but he's from the Sullivan County Democrat as Rubio. a staff writer. Patricio Robio. Robio? Yes. Okay. Rubio. Thank you. I stand corrected already. Look
0: at that. So, before we get into today's episode topic of Captain America Civil, wow, wow, we are going to get, tell you people how you can get a hold of this show on them, their social medias. First off, go on Facebook.com slash... The Marvelists. Go on the Twitter at... The Marvelists. You can follow myself on the Twitter ha, at Peter Melnick, yourself
2: at Ewilson959. And I believe you are on Twitter as well.
0: Yes, as Patricio Rabayo. Spell
3: it out for the audience. P-A-T-R-I-C-I-O-R-O-B-A-Y-O.
0: A- that hey. has like a rhythm to yeah. it. I like that. <laughs> it's like the ABCs. And also you can find us on the Instagram at The Marvelists. And also drop us an email, comments, criticism, strongly worded letters, the Marvelous at gmail.com. You can also, if you are on Stitcher, if you go on the Stitcher radio app, you can listen to this show. You can find us on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. But going back over to Stitcher, if you go on stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code Marvelous, you can be able to get a free one-month trial. And after that, it's four ninety nine a month. I'm surprised. It's a good deal.
2: And you're Peter Melnick.
0: It is, and with that good deal, you get to listen to Wolverine: The Long Night. I've been listening to it, binging the last five episodes, digging the hell out of it. And yeah, much like you said, I got I got some snicks up for that,
2: you know. Clawing your way through it one at a time.
0: Oh, there you See, go. See, this is this is where he's better than me at this yeah. stuff. Man, that was really good. Damn. I'm older too. <laughs> now, guys, some stuff's been happening in the world of Marvel this week. Sony just announced that the Spider-Man video game coming out for PS4 is going to be getting a September release, which kind of bums me out because I was hoping that it would get a spring release because I really want to play it. I'm looking at the gameplay footage and it's just crazy.
2: See you in September. That's all there is to it.
0: Pretty much. And, you know, they announced that there's going to be a collector's edition featuring this really cool-looking statue. Eddie, if you are on your phone, you can check it out. It's really, really cool. I recommend checking it out. Can't recommend it enough because it's really cool. Check it out. John Kugelmellencamp. But yeah, like it's a really impressive collector's edition and they're going to be including like different costumes for the character, which a lot of people have been saying and I kind of agree with them on this. It's a reliance on the downloadable content instead of the game itself. Like you have to buy this and then pay more money for the game. Why not just wait for the definitive edition? You know, I did the same thing with Horizon Zero Dawn when the game came out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get this now because I kind of know what's going to happen. And that happened. I ended up getting the complete edition or whatever, but, yeah. They want that money, man. It, yeah, it's it's a shame, because, like, I ended up getting, uh, for example, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, because I'm a big Marvel versus Capcom fan, and seeing that kind of bummed me out, you know? But, hey. I gotta tell you, this is, like, you know, an interesting time in gaming, yes. and a very interesting time <laughs> in hip-hop, if you will. <laughs> Inside joke between Patricio and I, that...
2: In hip hop as well, what I'd miss a beat
0: (laughs) basically. Uh, I had a conversation at work one day with Patricio, and I just said, You know, it's a really interesting time in hip hop, and then there's a long silence. It It was just that's really all I had to say, (laughs) but yeah. So, I think the idea though that the the costumes are including, there's gonna be some really cool stuff like. If you check out the two thousand, so never have to download the costumes, the extra costumes. Yeah, you have to pay for them, like costume packs and stuff like that. Oh. It's gaming. Modern gaming is notorious for that. Yeah. Although like that. what I've heard, the game doesn't have microtransactions, which is going to be great. You know, like what pay, are microtransactions? Like for example, in the Grand Theft Auto games, like if you want to, you know, do Grand Theft Auto online. Okay, cool. If you want to get X amount of money for your account, you have to pay real money. Oh, okay. So if you want to buy this car, you have to pay for this, that, yeah. the other thing. It's it's crazy, but what I'm digging about this is it'll be a love letter to the character of Spider-Man, much like you know how Spider-Man 2000 was. Yes, that was a great game, by yes, the way. Yes, fantastic game. And one of the things, Eddie, you'll appreciate about that is when you would play the game, you would unlock different costumes for the characters that were in the game. Do you remember the story where he lost his costume and he didn't want to do the black suit anymore? So he borrowed the Fantastic Fours outfit, and he wore a paper bag over his head.
2: Oh, jeez. I, I do, now that you mention it, not to any great length, but yeah. When yeah. you play that
0: game, you can use that costume. Mm. So being able to see that stuff, that that's, little...
2: That's, uh, yeah, not like, a bad idea.
0: Deep cut costumes, that's cool.
2: I have to throw in a tangent, and that's why I wasn't involved in the conversation right now, because... In just looking at Facebook, saw that the group Superheroes Unlimited and the person who I interviewed recently, Lord knows when it's going to appear on a podcast, but it will. One day. Sapphire Nova just took a shot uh, of a laying down in the sunlight as if tanning herself a, a black cat. And I'm just, oh my, OMG. Oh my stars Me, and ow, too. That's what I just posted. And just, oh my stars and garters, yes. But, right. Yeah, love the character, and, and Sapphire's great too. <laughs>
0: what I what I have to ask is with this whole story, you know, this whole concept of the extra costumes, Eddie. What are some of your favorite Spider-Man costumes? And if you were to play a Spider-Man game, what costume would you use other than the black and white, and other than the red and blue? Which, by the way, black and white is coming back, starting with number eight hundred of Amazing Spider-Man. New spoiler
2: creators? alert, perhaps there, eh? Okay, yeah, they announced a big deal. When
0: is that, is that
2: coming out, actually, That's that issue? in the
0: next month or so.
2: It, okay, because I think just, what, 797 hit 98. The, 98, okay, very good. I think if I had to really kind of think about a different costume, the first one that comes to mind, and I've seen that in some shows that people have done it as an alternate version, is is the first costume that he wore, which was essentially mostly red or two-tone red, when he was the—oh, give me the name of the character that he became— just to do the wrestling to try and win the uh, what three hundred bucks? Oh, Crusher Hogan. I yeah, he he, he went to he went to fight Crusher Hogan in the comic book, right? Um, but it was what did he call himself? Fighter fella. No. No, no. Where <laughs> it, it was in the actual movie, I thought, and he said, "Spiderling." The, the Amazing Spider. No, that wasn't it, and and then what's his name? The wrestler. Bonesaw, yeah. Uh-huh. Not not the one he fought. The ring announcer. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell said, Oh, that sucks. You know, and then he came up with his amazing Spider-Man type of thing. Yeah. It'll come to me. I just need a little another hit of my coffee here. But you would Ice want to you
0: would want to see that version of that character's costume to play in the game? Why not? Now, Patricia, yourself? I you, you discounted the black and white, but I had to go with the black and white.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, all right, all right. Discount this. Okay. Mm-hmm. For myself, I would have to maybe go with Spider-Man Noir. Just a cool-looking costume. It's But
2: isn't Noir black and white to begin with? Yeah, but it's a different universe version of it. Oh, (laughs) okay. Wow. The black and white (laughs) that we traditionally know of as a symbiote, symbiote. Yeah, okay.
0: But what I think is... The thing that became Venom. Well, what I think about this is, you know, they're also including, like, you know, bonus stories, and they're saying that Venom might be in the game now. And Venom is a character... It's a very strange thing with Venom right now. You know, we have the Venom movie coming out, and... October. Yeah, and they're saying right now, Woody Harrelson will be in the film, apparently. Really? And he's going to be playing the character of Carnage. Wow. Now, once again, I'm in that majority. Why are you doing a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man?
2: Well, they're just going out Ronald there. Reagan they're just going yeah. out there, pilgrim. I'll tell you what—they're going say. out there on a limb and trying to make it work. I'm, he you do say well a lot, and they do, and they have done that, and it's worked. So, it's an offshoot. It's a uh, spin-off movie. I just web spin-off. Even I'm one of those.
0: I just really, really hope that he, you know, Tom Holland does make an appearance and it does tie in because I want it. Like, regardless of anything, Tom Hardy riding a bike and getting an MRI—the movie. I still want to see it.
3: (laughs) What is the backstory they're going to have in the movie with
0: Venom? Well, he rode a bike. Okay. He got an MRI. That's all
2: I got. Okay. That's all he's got. You know, you said Woody Harrelson, and for some reason I I go to uh, Matthew McConaughey. Ooh, uh, McConaughey. Thinking maybe he wasn't, you know, McConaughey wasn't uh, available Mm -hmm. or too expensive. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Not that I know these actors' salaries, and it doesn't matter because well, McCona- we're talking apples and oranges and whatever.
0: McConaughey has, you know, been approached by both Marvel and DC over the years, and the fact he hasn't done anything with them yet is
2: a real, like, surprise. Maybe he's got a long run in the, uh, what's the car commercial that well, he's, yeah, probably.
0: Well, my thing is, I want to see him play the role of Adam Warlock, because if anyone could play that character, it would be McConaughey. Sure, I could see that. And he was rumored for years and years and years to play that character. Get him in the tanning booth. Mm-hmm. We don't know. He might play it. You never know. But McConaughey would be great. He'd be a great addition to the Marvel Universe. And he's got that range. I mean, if it's it's a better casting choice than, unfortunately, what the distinguished competition may pick for a certain Green Lantern.
1: Mm.
0: I'm sorry I have to look at you, Patricio, yes. because I know you're a, a little bit of a backstory. Patricio is a very big DC fan. Oh, which is fine.
3: DC, DC Comics. DC Comics. Not so much DC movies. But. You're
0: not a fan of the DC EEU. What yeah. about the DC shows?
3: DC shows are huge fans.
0: Flash. Okay. Uh, Gotham.
2: Legends of Tomorrow, Legends with, of tomorrow. with the Guerrero. Arrow. Supergirl. Yes. Why are we helping you? I
0: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know? Love the new Legends of Tomorrow with... Gorilla Grodd. Yes. Chasing Maybe. a young Barack Obama. Uh, that was strange.
2: That was strange. I am so, so <laughs> far behind on those. I'm sorry.
0: But what I'm digging is the fact that you know, with a McConaughey going in, you know it'll be better than like, for example, Tom Cruise potentially playing Green Lantern. I, I think Marvel gets it compared to DC, and it's not me it is on DC. I don't want to on them because I really like them. No, you don't.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> I, I do. But it's the problem with them is they. Want to put all their eggs in one basket, they want to rush everything, and I will still never forget the conversation I saw on a, a message board one day where somebody said, Marvel rushed the Avengers. Okay, I want to know how that's even possible.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: started in 2008, ended in 2012, first phase, Man of Steel 2013. Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice in 2016, where everyone showed up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he was rushing now.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, I mean, it took three years. Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
2: I think that was a uh, something to provoke, you know.
0: But my thing is, like, again, I, I do like DC. Like, there's a lot of DC books that I read every month. There's a lot of, you know, characters I'm di- a diehard fan of. But... Yeah, it just it it breaks my heart knowing you know, you never they might restart the universe.
2: Well, Lord knows they're restarting things over and over and over again. Marvel and DC, you know, and uh, a new Marvel de- Marvel restart I think is imminently happening. I think it's
0: fresh start, fresh a new start, start a n u s t a r t. Oh, A-N-U-S-T-A-R-T. one word,
2: <laughs> one word, or maybe if you want to use the o o instead of the u, Devil a James. new. Wait, who's anus? Oh, Devils. wait a minute. We're not up to that one yet. No, That's Ragnarok, no. Oops, isn't it? <laughs> one day. In the not-too-distant future, two more next movie Sunday episodes AD. to go.
0: Anyway, what I think is really funny is, you know, you have DC. You have their successes. Like, I've recently seen this meme going around uh, circulating. I think you've seen it. It's where DC does best and where Marvel does best. Marvel does best with the movies, and then you see everything else is done better by DC.
2: Really? Oh, man. Like
0: comics. um, What else?
2: Shows? TV shows? shows,
0: Animated films, which to an extent I do agree with. But you have to read stuff that you like, and you have to watch stuff that you like. Yes. For example, you know, there's been a lot of great Marvel cartoon shows. You know, Avengers. uh, The Avengers cartoon from, I believe, 2000. 10 sure, why not? That one, Spider-Man from 95. What else? The X-Men animated series, X-Men yeah, Evolution.
2: That goes back always now, yeah.
0: And so, like, there's a lot of great series. And I will admit, I'm struggling a little bit to name more titles, yes. but here we are. <laughs> I think about more titles, I think that's about it. Spectacular yeah. Spider-Man. Well, the,
2: the one you mentioned from the 90s, Spider-Man, was that, or maybe before that even, was Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends?
0: That's 1980-something. Okay. That's of and is
2: amazing. That's the Firestorm. only one I really did remember and watch bef- besides the original 66 or 67 uh, series. So that's the extent of what I know about the uh, cartoon animated stuff.
0: And I just realized I said Firestorm, a yes. DC
2: character. Oh, Firestar. So,
0: Firestar. Well, my favorite yeah. Spider-Man
3: was the live action with the ropes as webs. Oh, God, really? And he gets into a car and drives.
2: <laughs> Not the... No, oh, when was that? The, that was 1977. Old. Yeah. The oh Nicholas Hammond, yeah. I believe so. Oh sure. Oh yeah.
3: Well, I wasn't around in '77, with the
0: reruns. But uh,
2: yes, I'm the oldest of the bunch.
0: Second oldest here.
2: Is this like the Brady Bunch now? Here's the story of Eddie Wilson. No, though no, that's a short story. <laughs> and we're ending. We're not sure if it's happy or not. All right, moving right along.
0: And a Studebaker. With yeah. a bear and a frog? No, that was a
2: yeah. It, that's it, yeah.
0: But yeah. So also, this week during the you know the press junkets going on for a quiet place with John Krasinski, they were talking about how himself and Emily Blunt they're doing a lot of movies together, and a lot of fans are saying they should be Reed Richards and Sue Storm if they ever bring those characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm inclined to agree. And so is John Krasinski. Yes. And there's actually, you know, photos right now of like, you know, a fan mock up of what he would look like as Mr. Fantastic. No pun intended. Looks fantastic. <laughs> Very cool. Did they do a mock up of Emily also? I believe so. I'd have to Google that, but I haven't seen that one. I've okay. seen, like I said, uh Reed. And I feel I, I believe I've had this conversation with you in the past, Patricio, but and I've definitely gone on air with you with you know this one, but I still do stand by if if we couldn't get him, yeah, I'd take Krasinski. But man, Denzel would be a great Reed Richards. Denzel. Oh, Denzel. we're going
2: uh, that's right. You did mention that. I forgot about that. I, feel... I thought we mentioned the fact that every time I cosplay Reed Richards and where I started
0: You're a great pharmacist. With,
2: with just just the uh the actual one piece with the black gloves, but I added the lab coat with Fantastic Four buttons so you could tell who I am. <laughs> We mentioned on the last podcast how meeting Mean Gene from the WWE. I thought I was a pharmacist.
0: <laughs> That's still my favorite <laughs> moment ever. What are well, you, a
2: pharmacist? I complimented him on his voice, and he should do, oh, I did do radio for like 12 years, and I said, well, he's still got the pipes for it, kind of thing. But nice guy.
0: Mean Gene Oakland.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He used to sell hamburgers.
0: Okay. Fun fact for the day. Hey. So anyway... Yeah, Krasinski wants to play Reed Richards, and I'm down for that. I think, you know, he's he's got that presence. And when you saw the mock-up, you immediately said he's got the build for it.
2: Yeah, he had a quick because I, I only got a glance at him, but he had I guess some uh, black leather straps across or, or around both of each shoulder, like he was wearing a backpack. Let's say he also had a close cropped uh, goatee. Quickly reminded me of Chris Evans. But only with a a Fantastic Four blue with the logo in the upper chest area thing.
0: My favorite thing that people, you know, I, I went on record saying this one. So if we have to have this, you're an Office fan, Patricio. Yes. We could have Jim as Reed Richards, Pam as Sue Storm, Dwight as Dr. Doom. Perfect. Now the other two. I think the thing should be played by Kevin. Perfect, another perfect choice there. And Creed should be Johnny Storm, the Human Torch.
2: <laughs> I tell you what, and whatever whoever it becomes, Sue Storm, and I say it every time I am Reed Richards. I have my clipboard. I have several photographs. I keep telling people, please, if you see my wife Sue, let me know. Reed's looking for her. I turn around, she's gone. We came in together, vanished. Can't find her. She just became invisible. Thank goodness everybody gets it. Yes. I still say
0: I've told you the addition of a pool noodle for an arm would be the greatest thing ever. Yes. And I like that. Went, yeah, that would be awesome. It's going to be fun to see that version just dragging it on the ground.
2: <laughs> and I can add a I can add a a, a a little fake dollar store Halloween plastic hand. See? I'm there. I'm I'm, I'm going to make a note of it and put it on the list.
0: And for the record, he actually is making a note of this right now.
2: Damn straight. Note to self. Noodle. Reed's <laughs> arm. A blue noodle. A blue I know noodle. I have purple. I better, uh, you know. Well, I can explain that. It's been, it's, been, it's been extended for so long, it's getting, you know, <laughs> what's the word? Lost circulation. What are Thank we talking you? about now? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> extended hand.
2: Oh, I'm okay. losing feeling in this arm. <laughs> it's too extended. <laughs>
0: This conversation took a weird turn anyway so make it happen now also think you know talking about
2: Mariah Carey hmm? not at all Mariah Carey 1993
0: <laughs> So the Russo too so the Russo brothers are going on social media talking about you know the trailer for you know the film going on saying what is going on with Hawkeye?" And if you've noticed, there's been no Hawkeye merchandise. There's been no shots in the trailers. There's been no Hawkeye. What else? No Hawkeye. I want to say magazine covers, but ma- the entertainment weekly. Yeah, thing. the magazine cover. No, you know, magazine cover. No. Um, Wait, of the.
2: Entertainment Weekly didn't do him as one. Oh, boy, that's right. Another one
0: was on the social media. If you you go on Twitter and you use hashtag Star-Lord, if you use hashtag Spider-Man, if you use hashtag Rocket, hashtag Thor, Iron Man Cap, whatever. Groot. A little picture. Yeah, even Groot. A little emoji will pop up next to the hashtag. Now, when you type in hashtag Hawkeye, nothing. Hmm. And it's interesting because even the lesser-known characters got hashtags but not Hawkeye.
2: You got an empty quiver, at least? Nothing. Ooh.
0: So, people have been going, justice for Hawkeye, this, that, the other thing. And the Russo said, we'll all find out when the movie happens, essentially. So, they're playing very coy, and I'm digging that. I think it's very smart. You don't want to reveal everything before everything's supposed to happen, you know? Because that's the point. Like, I recently saw, you know, on my Facebook, like, uh, on this day, people were complaining... Two years ago to this date, about the ending of that season of The Walking Dead with Negan, who did Negan kill? And there was petitions made by people saying, "We want to know who he killed." Well, you have to wait for the show. <laughs> yeah. So, what is Hawkeye's role? We don't know, but it's making me excited.
3: if you think about it, like I'm trying to think when I, when you mentioned that last time, is like, what would be Hawkeye's? What storyline would it would he have? Uh, that would be so important to the whole plot that he doesn't have to be, you know, they wouldn't some, end up revealing him Some ahead people have of time. said
0: he's going to turn into the Ronin.
2: Mm, okay, so, I can see
0: that.
2: T- that's just, uh, turn into the Ronin.
0: Uh, and also, you know, wow. the, the Russo brothers were g- going on social media, and they ended up posting a photo of this little letter, and they put an Infinity Gauntlet, you know, resting on top of it. And it basically said, and I will read the letter once I pull it up on my phone, to the greatest fans in the world, We're about to embark on the Avengers Infinity War press tour. We'll be visiting fans all over the world, screening only a limited amount of selected footage from the film in order to avoid spoiling the story for future viewers. We will not screen the film in its entirety until the Los Angeles premiere, shortly before the film's global release. Everyone involved with the film has worked incredibly hard for the past two years, maintaining the highest level of secrecy. Only a handful of people know the film's true plot. We're asking that when you see Infinity War in the coming months, that you maintain that same level of secrecy so that all fans can have an equal experience when they watch it for the first time. Don't spoil it for others the same way you wouldn't want it spoiled for you. Good luck and happy viewing the Russo brothers. Hashtag Thanos demands your silence. There you go. And yeah, it's it's very much a intriguing thing because you've never seen this. Like this, even Star Wars, no one did this. They didn't, like, it got spoiled. Like, we knew about, you know, that coward Han Solo jumping onto, you know, Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Right. And, you know, he, he had to get, he had to leave. He, he And he went the wrong direction. He just went, oh, ah!
2: <laughs> he had to leave. Oh, man. He was trying
0: to go backwards, and he went forward instead. He you know, it was the momentum. Header.
2: Momentum. Lack thereof. But, yeah, I think... And other bodily functions. Ugh.
0: <sighs> but, but, yeah. It's just one of those things that really gets me in that, I don't want the movie spoiled for me. Do you want the movie spoiled for you, Eddie, Patricio? No. no. And, you know... It, it will be. Have you had Black Panther spoiled for you? Uh, no. Good. All
2: right. Good. Same here. No. No spoiled. But spoil. the Star
3: Wars, the Force Awakens, that was spoiled cool for me,
0: and I was ticked off about that.
2: Oh, well. I've said yeah, on previous yeah,
0: episodes yeah. where I got mine spoiled, mm. the professional wrestling subreddit on Reddit... Of all places, although I was intentionally kind of looking for it and then I saw them, I'm like, why did I look? (laughs) It was essentially like Michael, or it was like George Michael on Arrested Development. It was like Michael Bluth on Arrested Development with the bag of the dead dove inside. Warning, dead dove, do not open. (laughs) I don't know what I expected. So it was that. But I don't know, I just feel what we're getting with these movies is. It's a big deal. And, you know, I had a conversation with Mitch Halleck, promoter of Terrificon in Connecticut. And he essentially said he lost his love of Star Wars fandom in a way. But that fandom of the Marvel movies kind of replaced it. Because that big moment, like, wow, everyone's excited for this. This is a big deal. What's going to happen next? And we're all invested. We're all intrigued. And, you know... We're all wondering also what the future of the movies is going to hold. Because we don't know what's going to happen. And that's what I like about it. You know, what we got with Thor Ragnarok, for example. We got a movie where it's a team-up movie between two characters that, you know, they're not normally going to team up. And what I want to know is, guys, do you think that, you know, maybe after these movies come out, after this, you know, next phase, we're not going to see, like, Iron Man 4 or, you know whatever, three or four. You know what I mean? We're not going to see that. We're going to see movies where characters team up randomly. Like, you know...
2: You know what? It could be that way, but you don't want to, I don't think, make that the norm kind of thing. I think, as you said about characters coming out, whether it's going to be in Infinity War, I don't know if it's been hinted at, that the Captain Marvel character comes out, or at least it's been said that that will be her own movie in, what, 2019, I think? Correct. So... That's just one thing, uh, example I can think of. The Fantastic Four reconfiguration, reboot, whatever. Potential, yeah. So if they're talking about it, I think, though, it should be inclined to, to happen, and I would welcome it.
0: Really. And one thing that, you know, I've been very... Watching this movie got me thinking about it. I'd love to see a Falcon Winter Soldier movie. Because the way they interacted with each other throughout the film made me want to see a movie with them. And I feel like that's what we're leaning towards. Like, it is going to happen. Like a buddy movie? Yeah, I want to see that. Like that would be a great movie. But when we get into the movie, we'll talk about that. But the last item before we get into the overall discussion of the movie... Guys, they're saying that a certain character might be making his return in Avengers Infinity War. And according to IMDb, which... Don't believe everything that you breathe, but Samuel L. Jackson might be actually appearing in the film because, according to IMDb, his stand-in is listed as well as his makeup artist. Now, once again, going back to IMDb, can't really trust them because one time there was supposed to be a Legend of Zelda movie, apparently, and the rapper 50 Cent was going to play a horse named Epona. Hmm. Okay. So anyone can edit IMDb. I can edit IMDb. I'm really excited for 2019's Moon Knight starring Eddie Wilson. I'd love to see that. I mean, it said it on IMDb like five minutes ago. Oh,
2: we got to start working on a costume. <laughs> it's going to be pretty good. Holy get those crescents st- ready, Eddie. You guessed that's
0: exactly right. Wow. So now, guys, let's get on to the main event. 2016's Captain America. I'm going to keep doing that joke every time.
2: Every time. Jeez.
0: Basically, this movie is partially adapted from the Mark Millar Steve McNiven comic book, Civil War, the big event from that year, I believe it was 2007? I was going to go 6, but yeah. That's the one I always think is 2005 as well for some reason, but then I remember, I believe House of M
2: was that year. It was before that, for sure, yeah. Yeah,
0: so my thing is, before we get into the actual movie also, I partially reread some of Civil War, and I'm going to tell you, it doesn't hold up as much as I wanted it to, but it's still a good story, but...
3: It's not the greatest. Do you think it's because of the movie? Like now you see like a different version of it?
0: No. Yeah. I, I, I f- remember
3: when, when the Civil War came out, I was reading at that time, and I was really uh, blown away by it just because it was like, oh, you know, the two sides coming up, the whole registration act. and
2: That got me back into collecting. Really? Honestly. It came out as a newspaper article that this was happening, and I said, oh, well, let me see what this is about. Seven issues in that, and I, I started to get back in tune with what was happening currently in comics. But as the intro to The Marvelous will attest, an inordinate amount of stuff to catch up on. But I did read that series then. I needed to to watch it again. But I, I did think it was pretty intense as for the premise of it coming about. Oh, it's an amazing And what happened premise. there. Not that I had read the incident that sparked the whole Civil War thing with, what was it, the New Mutants? Well, and, I was in the and, first issue, Eddie. And the, not New Mutants, in the first issue, New exactly. Warriors. New Warriors, right. And the incident and the, you know, loss of life and so on.
0: Well, my thing is, that was a series where you had to read all the tie-ins because yeah. it told a bigger story then, but, like, I feel like sometimes that's also, like, you know, a little bit lazy for a comic company to do that. You want to, you know, if you want to have a story, tell it in the main title. You know what I mean? Do it that way. Well, they want you to buy the other uh, issues.
2: Yeah, I get it. Which is what got me out of collecting when everything was crossing over yes. and the prices were going up. Streams. And so, oh man, yeah. So that's where it started tapering down. And it was the 90s and the, you know, the market was going down, so to speak. The, the runs of comics were not as much.
0: Like right now, because, you know, the interview we did with Jim Starlin, I'm reading his Infinity Gauntlet run. And you don't need to read all the tie-ins. It helps sometimes, but you don't need to. Now, with Civil War... You need to read some of the the tie ins because you need to know about what's going on with Spider Man at that time. You need to know what's going on with Speedball, one of the biggest changes of the series. Like what happened really? to him? Yeah, it's intense stuff. You need, and he wears this costume actually, where he's got spikes inside of it, and it's stabbing into his body because no kid, I, I no believe idea. his name was Penance. I want to say
2: there, yes, was a character
0: Penance. That was Speedball. Wow. He becomes this because he killed all these people as a result of his you know, mistake, and now this is his penance.
2: And that is a short 11 issues that I do have, and again, to be read, of Speedball, The Masked Marvel, I think, subtitled, yes.
0: And like I said, you know, with that, you know, you need to read this, you need to read that. And it does help. My favorite thing also is, you know, Civil War, The Confession, which is a great one-shot, but mm-hmm. I digress.
2: Well, all those I think you could probably, if you really wanted to catch up, besides trying to catch it what online or without necessarily having to buy, but if you wanted to get a compilation, I'm guessing that that has been
0: I actually, put out. I, I went digital. I signed up for a Marvel Unlimited account. Okay. Oh, boy, is that... F- it is worth every penny you mm-hmm. pay for that. It's 10 bucks a month, and you end up getting the entire Marvel archive, pretty much. Okay. You should try it, Eddie. Huh.
2: <laughs> just saying, just Thousands saying. upon thousands of comic books to read, and you want me to go absolutely nuts. Yeah.
0: But yeah, so going back over to the movie of Civil War, this was a very ambitious thing for them to do because it was this big ensemble movie, and yet it was taking place inside of not an Avengers movie. It was in a Captain America movie.
2: Under Under the heading, right under
0: that umbrella. And that was a very bold decision because we got the introductions of new characters. We got the introductions of new plot lines, new stories, essentially, through this one film that... Honestly, shouldn't have been this, but it
2: was. And it was cool. And it was 1991 when it all began. Defrosting Bucky, the Winter Soldier. And how do you learn a vocabulary with words like starting off with here we go longing, rusted, 17, daybreak?
0: Eddie, I really don't think you should finish this because you're going to end up getting somebody killed. Furnace,
2: <laughs> nine, benign, homecoming, one, Freight car. I mean, there are better ways to learn another language, aren't there? Now, there's an interesting thing about that.
0: They end up revealing that, you know, when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, did you notice one word that was in that list just now? Homecoming. Yeah. Mm. And they said that was on purpose. So I'm honestly really, really, really looking forward to Thor. Freight car. It's going to be great. <laughs> so Sure, why not? I mean, I think... They, they like hiding a lot of things, and this is the subtlety of, you know, the Marvel Studios, what they're doing. And you, it's, it reminds me of, like, in the comics when you, like, see, like, for example, the character John Constantine appears in a random issue of Saga of the Swamp thing in the crowd. And then you go, oh, by the way, that was John Constantine, that issue, like, you know, maybe five issues right. ago. You didn't notice that, but go check it out. <laughs> and he, it's funniest thing about that is that's actually the musician
2: Sting. Oh my! And that's okay. who John Constantine is modeled after. Interesting side note, so. but you know all those all those words that I rattled off, I immediately, of course, homecoming, after the fact, Spider Man, but the only thing that jumps out as recognizable is freight car because that was the last you saw of Bucky from the beginning in the forties. Correct. Hanging onto a freight car and then letting go.
0: Would you say that that word was in there for that reason? That t- t- to t- jar
2: t- the. T- well, yeah, I mean. Shock value and and maybe a painful memory, whether it was an Im- implanted thing, most likely kind of thing, like Redford's character had said, uh, Pierce. You know, then wipe him and start over. Man, I I
0: just still can't get over how great of a villain Robert Redford's character in Winter Soldier was. But that's a that's an episode for a past day. Yes. So we'll go back in time. That was back. my rewind <laughs> voice. Mm, that was one that.
2: I was just <laughs> fast forward Lagos present day, and we have what. Black Widow and Cap and the Falcon and uh, the Scarlet Witch also. And who comes back, who got mutilated pretty much at the end of having a building dropped on him from, uh, from Winter Soldier. But the character who you don't could directly get his name of Crossbones. And again, here's a character that doesn't last too long. It was discussed in a previous episode how some of these villains don't last that long. Batruck, another one, even Ronan from Guardians. I mean, there although
0: was, Ronan will be appearing in Captain Marvel.
2: Interesting on that one. Yes, exactly. That, you know, it didn't take all that much for a, a character like that to uh, get destroyed, or so we believe.
0: And I feel like in the opening scene, instead of utilizing, you know, the new warriors, we're utilizing this scene. You know, I think it's smart. It's yeah, it makes it more of a higher stakes kind of thing. It makes it more of a oh, crap, this happened to these characters that we know, that we have more of a, you know, a developed relationship with. And it's cool. It's not cool for the people that died in the movie, but you you get my point. Yeah. You know.
2: Now, just looking at the the next kind of scene in the movie, it, I don't know if there's too much of, irrelev- of relevance to the movie that Crossbone's character and the men he's with are lifting a, a biohazard chemical kind of thing. It doesn't really... Play out too much, I mean it's got potential global ramifications, but it's not that if they got it or not, what would what would have happened? We don't know. It becomes I think a sub subliminal thing or a subplot, not or a, a subway sandwich. Oh, yeah, but it's not too healthy going down. Most subway sandwiches aren't.: don't still don't.
0: My thing I feel with this movie also is you know you see that one scene. With, you know, Tony
2: Stark talking
0: to the uh, students.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. And And we got the uh, honors speaker there, yeah.
0: I feel that was a... It was an important scene for this movie, but then it got really downplayed once we end up getting Spider-Man Homecoming because what was the point of that? You know, we don't know now, like, the in-between stuff. We don't know the... We we had a one, two, three explanation, then it was over.
2: Of of him speaking to the students, well, it just maybe in a quick way shows you his progression as a person, as a character.
0: Well, I'm talking about the relationship with him and Gwyneth Paltrow's character of Pepper Potts. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, there's a missing piece there then as well. But you get some fill-in pieces with regards to his relationship with his parents. Yeah. And, I, of course, I, their demise and how that comes about, that's a significant thread in this movie.
0: I feel that was more important to focus on than the whole... Well, we couldn't get uh, Gwyneth Paltrow to come back for this movie, so uh, they they broke up, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) They're They're on a break. they're, They're on break. They're on break. Yeah. So I feel they should have utilized that time more instead for this focus, like a little bit more, although it's a big point of the movie, a big plot thread of the relationship between, you know, his parents and him. Yeah. I feel that should have been a little bit more of a focus, and- when we see that scene of him talking to his parents one more time, man, the CGI involved with de-aging's <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., what did you guys think of it?
2: It was great. I thought it was good. It reminded it me was of
0: that movie that
3: uh, he died and came by, no, he, so he came as somebody else.
2: Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah. <sighs> well, that was my it favorite movie.
3: And, and, and uh, then the spirit went into the, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s body. I thought that was a he uh, looked Uncanny, just like that.
0: Uncanny Valley? No. no. Was it that animated movie? Oh no. It was uh with uh
3: the girl from uh the lady from um
0: The one that was in that movie with that
3: person that yes. was out last
0: year. <laughs>
3: mm. Anyway, <laughs> forget that. You get that out.
0: No, nah, it's fine.
3: <laughs> but I thought it was good because especially with uh going back on like Ant Man
0: with uh, Michael Douglas's CGI youth thing. I it was pretty good. And I would say it keeps getting better and better. I like how with their major movies, Disney likes throwing that feature out. Like, they're like, it's essentially, this is the part of the movie, and you know, they've been going for that whole, let's show how badass we are with our, you know, de-aging and everything. And they've been doing it since 2010's Tron Legacy. With Jeff Bridges. Yeah, with Jeff Bridges. and. You said, you know, off mic before, like, it was a bad movie. I haven't... I've no, the seen Tron, it. Uh, Tron
3: uh, the second movie I enjoyed because I'm a big fan of the original Tron. But the... You like CG- throwing desks at people? Yes, it was fantastic. But the CGI in the Jeff Bridges, Tron 2 was horrible. But it was okay for the X-Men when they the used uh, Magneto and uh, Professor X, so...
0: I just, I feel... Like, we even got it in, you know, Star Wars. Yeah. we got And they're utilizing the whole aspect of... Let's see characters. If this ever happens, would you want to see the like deceased actors join the MCU?
2: If they do it right, it can work.
0: I gotta tell you, you know who I would love to see? And I'm dead serious, no pun intended, when I say this. Oh. I'd love to see Orson Wells in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know how As who. I don't know. Modoc.
2: Modoc,
0: oh boy. Modoc would have been a badass by Orson Welles. Oh, just saying. Wow. And yeah, I just feel it's it's an interesting idea. Like they're because that's what Hollywood wants to do now. They want to bring back some of these actors, and it is a little uncomfortable,
2: a little unnerving. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Uncomfortable is part of the way I think I felt in this movie. Because, Why it, like my wife said, too, she wasn't sure she wanted to see it. I don't know if she's seen it in its entirety. She's seen pieces of it, and probably pretty soon. She's just, she just
0: like, I don't want to see them fight. I love seeing them That's together. right. They're <laughs>
2: fighting each other. What's wrong here? And that's kind of uncomfortable. You know, t- on one hand, you're getting the cool factor of seeing them utilize their powers and what they can do in their characters, whichever ones they, they are, of course, but not against each other. You know, there's there's no true enemy per se in this movie and that is uncomfortable to me and it doesn't sit well with me and i'm not sure where i'm ranking this when we get to that part because it's just that's the unsettling thing about it in my opinion
0: when it comes to this movie though with the change of you know we don't know who the good guy is and who who the bad guy is that's a lot better than the actual civil war comic where hey guys side with captain america iron man's a dick you know it's it's (sighs) that
2: yeah, yeah. It's not pleasant circumstances that bring this, about the comic either, hence Civil War, and it's its irony in that respect, if that's not the right word. Civil war. Yeah. Oh, man, we got to get you a Guns N' Roses fix big time. We do.
0: But... I and a feel, Twix, too, I suppose. I just feel that it's, it's better the whole Shades of Grey element,
2: you know? Mm. Another... Sh-
0: no, seriously, the Shades of Grey element of who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. We really can't tell. Although... We, me, Patricio and I, you know, on our way here, we were talking about it, and there's a scene with, the Cap, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, and the shield. And at that moment, you kind of realize who the bad guy is. But,
2: yeah. You are—I th- think you are—the movie makers are exposing you, and I think you're able to see, to varying degrees, and maybe the scale goes back and forth like a seesaw, the points, the validity of either side— Right, which is good, and it can, and that keeps you in some kind of sitting on the fence. Which way do you go? You know, whose side will you choose? I would not want to sit on the
0: fence. That like sounds really no, especially
2: if it's barbed wire. Yeah.
0: Oh, or a picket fence. Yosa, right in my butt cheek. That that just sounds painful.
2: Put that on your list and smoke it.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Oh. But one of the things, you know, drifting back over to the, you know, inciting incident of this movie with the explosion and all that, I would say that, you know, when that happens, we have that sense of, oh my God, what's going to happen next? Yeah. And that's where these movies are very strong. And I don't know. I just, I like that. I like that element of that storytelling. Well, it's
3: like superheroes taking responsibility. Like, go back to like, Batman versus Superman, that you see that small beginning of, of what happens, with all the destruction that these two people, these gods, are, are creating and the aftermath of that. So you got to see that in the Civil War that, you know, when Tony goes to the basement, the lady says, you know, blah, 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 you killed my husband, my son. Kid, son, there you go. Yeah, Which is a recurring theme with Iron Man that, you know, it seems like everyone comes back to get
0: Tony Stark because he hurt them in some way. It's essentially all co-workers. Like, somebody pointed this out on Reddit not too long ago in the Marvel Studios, that every Marvel movie is somebody that used to work with Tony Stark ends up hating him. Yeah. And now, you know, how is, you know, the Grimace going to hate him? So, (laughs) how is the Grimace connected to him? Like, now we got, like, you know, we started off with Iron Man 1 with, you know... Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges' character once again. Yeah. Yeah and coworker that hated him iron man 2 family member of a former uh, employee hates him iron man 3 what would you would say is somebody you know <sighs> aspired to work with him and didn't grew to hate him
2: okay mhm killian
0: the brother oh we go back to uh, avengers the coworker of or one of his coworkers brothers hates him loki <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. His own creation hates him in Avengers Two: Age of Ultron. Well, like I said, it's just no one likes working with Tony Stark. No. Scarlet <laughs> Witch. I mean, think about it, even in this one as well. You know, other than the co- you know Captain America thing, Ant Man, friend of a co friend of a former coworker. You know, not a coworker, but you know, a colleague. And that's the end of this rant. Yes. I would I would assume that you know
2: we've been in an interesting time in hip hop. See, and the and the and the hip hop goes again. The coworker reference, I think of right away and we'll get to this of course when we hit Thor Ragnarok was, was Thor saying,
3: "We used to work together." Fast forward to, to Thor cuz he brought up that one line that bothered me that Thor is like evolution of, you know, his normal language. Okay, we so- go from a Norse god to you know, my coworker from work.
2: Like, yeah, yeah. He needs
3: to know work. I mean, yeah. he's been he's, on Earth a He's long
2: acclimated day. from Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> he never really started off with heavy um...
0: metal. Yes. He just loved Iron Maiden and Judas Priest. He's got the hair for it. Yeah. But anyway, so my thing is... He rocks. We also, in this movie, get, you know, the reintroduction of a character that we haven't seen since 2008, Thunderbolt Ross. And that surprises me that he showed up in this, and it was that version of the character. So... Yeah. This movie proves, hey, yeah, the actor isn't around or anything, but that Incredible Hulk movie you guys saw, that's still canon. That still counts.
2: It's because... part of the first phase.
0: And it's. I've always found it funny, once again, whenever I see uh, those movies on sale, that's
2: always the cheapest one. Oh. It's, oh. It's
0: on, I think it's like $10 on Blu-ray. I have yet to see that.
3: Okay. That oh. annoying, uh... Out of
2: all the movies I've seen, it's one of them.
1: Hmm.
2: But... Be that as it may, it's better that this Thunderbolt Ross than the one from Shield that has shown up, right? True. Adrian Pazdar, I think, who was in the uh, NBC series Heroes.
0: I believe so. Yeah.
2: As the candidate for president, which was good in its day. Heroes. Towards the end. That's so the first much. season was good. Yeah, but it were to go four or five seasons.
0: I bl- and then they had Heroes Reborn.
2: Ah,
1: okay.
0: But now, once again, you know, going over to just the reintroduction of the character, that means, you know, for example, we will see certain characters, re, you know, return. Like, for example, when Claw showed up in Age of Ultron, I didn't expect to see him in Black Panther. I completely forgot he was in Age of Ultron, to be honest. So that level of...
2: Until you rewatched it.
0: Yeah, that level of... Yeah. Oh, yeah, these characters play, you know, a very important role. Crossbones... Didn't think I'd ever see him again after, you know, that. And then I realized, oh, wait, that was him in that movie.
2: Yep. And
0: then Sitwell.
2: Good old Sitwell. I pointed him out to you a couple times. Oh, he was in that? Oh, he first showed up there? Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then I finally noticed Sitwell in Winter Soldier. Well, uh, you couldn't help but there, whether he's getting thrown off the building or pulled through the car roof. I see a car in the background. (laughs) That's a nice looking car. You know Sitwell's
0: in front of the camera, right? Oh, I didn't see him.
2: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well the return the character you just mentioned now just escapes me. Who Harry Houdini. Came came back. Escapes you. Oh man. Kurt Russell. Escape from New York. Kurt Russell Mania. The name's snake. Call me Plissken.
0: Oh, who's the character? You know what old Jack Burton says? We're gonna quote Big Trouble in Little China now. Oh, really? For no reason. No unearthly reason. But anyway. Now, one of the things about this movie also is, like I said, you know, what the inciting incident caused, and Eddie, what did the inciting incident cause? You know, with the government,
2: <laughs> discord.
0: And what what did that discord make?
2: It, it, it's not happy campers. It was the uh, Sokovia Accords. 117 countries prepared to sign it at this big conference. Top it all off with uh, an assassination, and we've got the makings of war.
0: Seven, one, one, one. <sighs>
2: Or purposely didn't say it either. I tried not to either, but. Freeze the rich while I is the poem. But who gets it among other people but T'Chaka, King of Wakanda.
0: And that's where we're introduced to
2: his son. And who is his son again?
0: T'Challa. Now, everyone here, with the exception of Patricio, has seen Black Panther. Two out of three.
2: Ain't bad. Meatloaf.
0: Good song. Good food. And obviously we're not going to talk about Black Panther because... I haven't seen it. Correct. But
3: if you have spoilers, it's not going to bother me. So,
0: Well, I have a spoiler for you. All right, go ahead. T'Challa's Black Panther. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it takes place in Wakanda. Oh, stop. Stop right there. I'm spitting
2: on the microphone. Will you please stop? Wakanda.
0: But yeah, with the introduction of T'Challa and his father, T'Chaka... It's again the world building that these movies are known for, and they do such a great job they do you don't need to throw it in immediately, you just let it simmer, let it build up. What's this, the recipe here? What's going on? This is the thirteenth movie of the m c u and we finally get introduced to to Wakanda That's cool. that's cool to see that
2: we okay, more formally introduced to Wakanda, but correct we had previously in I think Avengers with Banner saying uh, finding it hard to pronounce Wak- Wak- Wakanda yeah. yeah kind of thing He's, yeah
0: and I loved stuff like that and like I said you know the whole incident there where the explosion happens in Sokovia we get that and we obviously this ep, as you can tell with the way this is going we kept you know jumping around and everything but that that's what happens you know when you're discussing these plot points you know what I
2: mean exactly and and starting with like Uh, not with like, starting with, as in, for instance, Ross going through all the disasters that have happened over the last several movies, starting with Avengers in New York, Washington, D.C. with Winter Soldier, Sokovia with Ultron, and then Lagos with this movie. There's got to be an accountability.
0: And that's a valid point. And that leads to the Superhero Registration Act. Yes. Essentially.
2: And otherwise known as the Sokovia Accords.
0: Yeah. And I feel in this version, it makes sense to do, you know? And the way it's done, the way it's executed is a better version than the
2: comic, to be honest. And I like the comic. You have to, I think, trying to get into the head of a movie maker, make it so more palatable for a movie-going audience and have to do it in at least 90 minutes. Right. I mean, the way the movies go now, two hours, a little bit over. Audiences can tolerate and sit through that much as long as you're still continuing to make it interesting and building and so on. But if you go past that, you're, you're tempting fate sort of and, and people walking out or just not liking it. Things are drawn out too long. So you're taking a risk if you're going past, you know, an hour and 45 minutes thereabouts to make to have an audience stay interested in it and so on. Now, here's the thing about that.
0: With this movie overall, you know, you say, you know, you don't want to, you know, essentially make the audience bored. You don't want, you know, then to be like, oh, I wish this movie was over. That was not me, this movie. in in this rewatch, I was as enthralled as I was the first time I saw it. Although, I, this was the equivalent of the Simpsons itchy, scratchy, and poochy. When are they going to get to it? the fireworks factory? When are they getting to Spider Man? That was me the entire, like, first, I want to say hour, hour and change, just waiting for Spidey to show
2: now, up. Now, what was that based on the fact that in a... Because tr- he was in a trailer, I believe, correct? Correct. Yanking Captain America's shield with his web.
0: And, yeah, while and we're saying, on saying, hi, guys. Well, while we're on the topic of Spidey, the th- big thing about that is this. Thwip. When this movie was announced, they said, hey, whatever, we're going to be making this movie. No one knew Spider-Man was going to happen. No one knew he was going to appear in this film. Mm -hmm. And then the big announcement of Sony brokered a deal with Disney. Said, hey, we have somebody you want. We want to make up for the crap fest that was Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Electro. What can we do to make a good Spider-Man movie? And yes, they have made good Spider-Man movies. They've made you know Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 1, by the way. So, mini side thing. Future of the show, what we might be doing probably doing most likely film reviews of the other marvel movies correct
2: yes that sounds like a very good plan
0: and we're trying to figure out how we're going to do this but basically yeah
2: so tell us we'd like to know
0: we would like to yeah we'd like to know tweet at us message us on facebook let us know what you think we from do. Ragnarok to what we have an idea planned for february that's all i'm going to say okay it's pretty
2: february <laughs> Whoa! fantastic that's, like, far out. It is. Far away. Groovy, man. <laughs> that, too.
0: But, yeah, so when th- this was happening, you know, we had these movies that were okay, but they wanted to make this character work. They wanted to make him work, so, you know, properly. And so that's why this is happening. This is why he's in these films now.
2: And, I know. We want to make a good Spider-Man. Make his
0: eyes move. It was the little things, the little things that no that one That was a, of. oh, wow, moment, I thought. Did you ever think that would happen? No. Like, that's not even the
2: first thing I think of you. No, not at all. And there have been variations of what that looked like. I think the eyes look like silvery in color, a lot of pinholes yeah. for, for vision, if nothing else, for sight. What does the vision have to do with this? One? I know, right, he's transparent, or he's... Diamond solid hard. Yeah. To to me,
3: it it makes sense that that Tony Stark made the suit and was able to do all the technology stuff because, you know, like if you just look at it, like the Tobey Maguire version, that he had a little silly suit on and then he all of a sudden he made this fantastic suit.
1: That's just one thing.
0: I'm sorry, but when I hear people say about he needs to make his own costume, it will look like this then. Yeah. (laughs) Like,
2: well, yeah. But, you know, you forego that in the comic book and at least in the movies that have led up to this. Good idea, but a definite serious departure, 180-degree difference from the Spider-Man we knew and love and grew up with, like me. That, that kind of thing. And then the fact of him just naturally being under Tony Stark's tutelage. Those kind of tutelage. things go candid, relaxed, tiptoe through the tulips over there. And uh, with me. Okay, Tiny Tim. Uh, So that's definitely something where you're going to have to let that one go and say, all right, let's just see where they're going with this and just accept this is how they're doing it kind of thing. But we'll get to that, of course, when we hit homecoming. And And we will.
0: With, you know, Spider-Man, we actually have a fan question that was posted to us on our Facebook page by Facebook fan Matthew Perry. No relation to the actor. But he goes, in your opinion, was it right for Tony to recruit a 15-year-old kid into a battle without telling him what it was even about other than Cap's wrong and thinks he's right?
2: What do you guys think of that? I feel like he was playing dirty. Probably. Trying to, to, you know, get more people, things going on his side in his favor. I feel like it shows the level of low morals
0: of Tony Stark. Yeah, because he's willing. So he's willing to put a fifteen-year-old's life at risk. Why couldn't he get Daredevil? Why couldn't he get Jessica Jones? Why couldn't he get Luke Cage or Iron Fist, aka the Thundering Dumbass? Why couldn't he get any of those guys? The
2: Thundering Dumbass. The thundering
0: Dumbass. Wow. That's what Stick called them. Defenders.
2: Yikes. So sorry to hear that.
0: Or any other characters. You know what I mean? They could have brought so many others in, and instead he wants to win this. He's willing to put a child's life at risk.
2: If you look at it to that degree, other than saying, "Well, he is not just a fifteen-year-old; he's got these abilities," and Tony has perhaps not firsthand altogether seen, but witnessed possibly witnessed some or has some knowledge of what he can do, and that would be, you know, enough. <laughs> but but even as Peter said, I I can't go to you know whatever. I have an exam tomorrow, kind of thing. Right. But there's it. So there's going to be a little trust issue there, and. Then the question comes up that someone else had posed, and I don't remember the name, pardon me, about, uh, I'll uh, pull it up right now. about Captain America not telling Tony who killed his parents. Should that have happened?
0: The question from, was from Aubrey Scott. Aubrey, thank you. Why didn't Steve just be honest with Tony? I'm pretty sure if, if he was honest with Tony from the beginning, wouldn't have turned out differently. Would the team have been divided into Team Iron Man and Team Captain America? Would they all have remained friends after Civil War?
2: Well, those are two different issues now. So wait, let's not get that. You know, oh,
0: I just read the whole question.
2: No, I mean it's two different issues. Meaning, number what made what made two. the two what made the two teams? No, that's degrees of having to go to the bathroom. That
1: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> Growing up, it was big or small, but oh, number one, number two, and then there's curtain number three. That's the zonk. Let's make a deal. Tangent what just happened? Far out tangent. So far out. Okay. Two different things going on to, to create two different teams. But we're looking at the Sokovia Accords being put under government control being the issue. Not whether Steve Rogers tells Tony Stark, oh, my buddy Bucky Barnes killed your parents. But he was brainwashed, so he didn't know what he was doing. Two different things. Patrícia.
0: I'm lost. No, you're just sitting in a chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I would say, yeah, I feel I feel Iron Man was in the wrong with a lot of this stuff.
2: Yeah, he tried to, at least we tried to believe what he's saying about trying to do the right thing. Good movie. W- whether it's having another good movie, trying to right some wrongs that he's done. In in the way of coming back from New York, from going into that black hole of space, having that be on his mind so much, trying to protect, you know, justify him, creating the artificial intelligence that became Ultron. And now trying to say that we should be accountable for what we do. Maybe he sees that as being able to coexist or work with the government. Stark, excuse me, stark contrast. Word fits. Good pun. Stark, complete contrast to... Beginning of what Iron Man 2 saying, you can't have this armor, it's mine, and that's it.
3: So he's doing it out of guilt then.
2: Could be. It's a a turnabout. It's turning the tables. It's a 180 degree change. It's an eminence front. It's a
0: put-on. It's a Mm.
2: put-on. Music pervades the MCU podcast.
0: But now also, let's go back over to the Conversation about Spider-Man. Okay. And the introduction of his Aunt May in this film. Beloved Aunt May. Mm. Aunt not, Hottie.
2: Not the one you were thinking of.
0: Now, I've always found it funny. People were like, why are they making her younger and younger and younger or whatever? Spider-Man is 15. An aunt should look around the age Marissa Tomei's character does look, to yeah. be completely honest.
2: Not like
0: Hello, Shady. Like a senior
2: citizen on Medicare and AARP. So
0: how old are Peter's parents then? Do
2: you know what I mean? It's an enigma. Evidently. They're out of the picture, you know, again, at some point in the comics, coming back into that where it was near issue 400, I think, of Amazing Spider-Man. Again, a lot to catch up on. Fine. You do. But from the beginning, you see Aunt May and Uncle Ben as senior citizens, and Peter is a solid how many years of being age 15 because time marches very slowly in the Marvel uni- comic oh, book universe. Oh, does it doesn't. It doesn't march. It crawls. It's like a snail, which is going light years ahead. Mm-hmm. Aunt May is always portrayed as a senior citizen in a hair in a bun, silvery white hair. But even when he was a baby, she was a senior citizen. Correct. Well, we don't know, ba- baby, but just, you know, teenager, high school, picked on, all that stuff. So to gradually, I guess that was maybe to maybe get the audience used to a younger version then perhaps making a transition from the original anime and the Toby Maguire movies to the Sally Field of the Andrew Garfield movies and now Marissa Tomei. So and
0: I was also one of those people that thought it would have been great if they introduce Uncle Ben played by Jason Alexander.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> Although over the past few years like one suggestion people have made is Uncle Ben should be played by and I'm so down for this. Toby Maguire.
2: What? Where do we go now? Yeah. We're wow, About the strange. same age. Oh, look, I'm seeing the movie now and de- explicit footage of Tony Stark's parents being killed.
0: December 16th, 1991, That's mission it. report. That was a good year. This
2: must be the date that they that it was being referred to.
0: Correct. Okay.
2: That was a question I had. Thank you for answering that.
0: My favorite holidays Tony Stark's parents getting killed. Day.
1: Yep,
2: there it is on the on the video. It's got it.
0: Perfect. Perfect. For that it off the list. Perfect for our audio listening audience. Next. <sighs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just like me showing you what was it the the, the uh, them poster the them poster from 1954. I
0: just love. Why do you have Genius. that on hand?
2: <laughs> it was there.
0: It was. But yeah, I think. Also, you know, like I said. Do you feel that the portrayal of this version of Spider-Man was better suited having him be so young as opposed to 45-year-old Tobey Maguire and, you know, uh, (laughs) 32-year-old Andrew Garfield in high school?
2: The premise is they're in high school. this characters in high school, so teenager, boom. I think you're not supposed to get that far into it. That's what you're taking it for. This is what it is. Move on.
0: I heard Spider-Man 4 was supposed to be about him, you know, financing his mortgage just <laughs> saying yeah uh-huh
2: that's just great
0: and he's gonna do his taxes later on but then the vulture shows up <sighs> that vulture
2: i hate the vulture so much chills all that noise oh <laughs>
0: that spider-man homecoming episode's gonna be a fun one when i just rant on the vulture <laughs> i've done in the past an audibly exquisite and man like you're getting a pg-rated version of that rant i'm just saying that in advance When
2: you're in the marvel mansion you better you
0: are i i am we are <laughs> But yeah, you know, with Spider-Man, do you feel that as opposed to, where does this portrayal of the character rank compared to the other versions? You know, Andrew Garfield and Toby Toby Maguire.
2: Well, I'm
0: bold when I say it. I think he's the best one. You
2: think he's the best one? Yes. Okay. Okay. It took a while to get used to the original character. Not as much to get used to the Andrew Garfield one. This was a different take. Tom Holland with Tom Holland. He's a geek. I'm accepting. Yes, I'm accepting great. it. He's got definitely some of the qualities. I think they all had some of the qualities that the Peter Parker and the comic books did have. An awkwardness about him, an uncertainty. And you that's know, and that's there. But then you of course you got the agility, the physical build is there. I think all across the board, variations on the costume, okay, that's to be expected. Fine. I don't think we saw a version with webs under his armpits though.
0: No, never. Okay. And there's one other element that about this character that I really like that they utilized that no one's ever acknowledged, not even in the animated series. they gave him a queen's accent. They never had that in any of the other movies, any of the other television shows, nothing and you when you read these things, you don't read it in you know a queen's accent, but now you probably will with you know. Tom Holland correct, and you know that's the little thing that no
2: one noticed either I I didn't uh, either notice it or blocked it out or heard the English that I could understand and it was was fine it didn't seem to have an oddity that much to it the pitch was I think there of adolescence that needed to be
0: like I said just the idea of Queen's accent the one missing piece of what they never got right he needed that accent Hmm. and also you know can you demonstrate a Queen's accent to me can you? No, I can't. Oh.
2: I hereby dub thee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, was that a little too much? Yeah. Duchess of Queensbury. That's my Queens accent.
3: Oh, okay.
2: Forthwith to bear. <laughs> or not to bear.
0: The only time I notice the
3: accent is, is when, uh, uh, towards the end of
0: uh, Civil War,
3: when it's, hey, where are you from? Queens and
0: Brooklyn. So. And that was actually a throwback to the first Captain America movie. If you remember... Knowing
2: where he was from, yeah, him, okay. And,
0: him and the, um. it was a throwback to him and the doctor. Where are you from?
2: Yes, Please. okay, just that little piece. There was also another replay part that reminded me of, of backing up, and I'm trying to remember where that was in my... Uh...
0: And this movie is heavily with the callbacks to the previous Captain America movies, whereas you don't really have that in the Thor movies. You don't have that in the Iron Man movies. But you do it in this, and that's a cool little touch. I like that because you have throwbacks to Captain America 1 in Winter Soldier. You have Captain America 1 throwbacks in Captain America 1. I just wanted to do that <laughs> joke.
2: But you kind of do, yes, you're right exactly. The one's the one I'm thinking of is is at the end of a previous film where it involves uh, Sam and Bucky and Cap uh where he's come out of his brainwashing at least temporarily. His metal arm is in a vice of some sort. They're in some kind of a warehouse or garage. And they're just replaying that interaction where... You mean the
0: credit we... scene from Ant-Man?
2: Yes. Yes. And I know a guy. And debating about telling Tony. And we're too far into it now. It's not going to work if we go that way. I think Cap was declining to, to tell him about that. And, and that partial thing.
0: Now, let's go over to another character that gets introduced in this film, Black Panther. Do you guys feel that he was utilized to his fullest in this film.
2: No. Neither do I. No. Well, you know, you've got so many characters in here. You're talking about six against six, superheroes against superheroes. You can only give so much time to certain characters.
0: I feel like he was an afterthought.
2: No, I can't say that. He was in there. He had a significant role because he firmly believed the Winter Soldier was the one responsible for his father's death. So he's got a mission, a goal to... To take out the Winter Soldier, and that is a very significant part of the action, the fighting. But he's one of that side, that team, and has some significant lines. When Winter Soldier says, "I didn't kill your father," what is his response? Then why did you run? So, it's it's a it's a give and take. It's a sort of a ping pong thing. It's back and forth. Patricio, I agree. That he said, <laughs> ditto, <laughs> ditto. It's like ditto? A, it's like a game show. Well, I forget what game show it is that. Uh, Agree or disagree? X gets a square. Hollywood squares. I I, I,
3: I don't think he was an absolute just because like the the hints that were dropped before this movie and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so it was sort of like building up to this character.
0: I just feel that, you know, he was there for a quick one, two, three fight scene and that was it, you know. But I think it was smart by not really building up to him because then you get what he is in Black
2: Panther. Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, yes, you get to see... The claws extend from his fingertips, and that's great. You know they're going to be tough stuff. At least the claws you can suspect are made of a heavy type of metal, but I don't think you find that quite out in definitively until his own movie comes out.
0: And now, one of the other things, as we're wa- you know we're talking about this movie, like you know Eddie's briefly mentioned, you know we have the movie playing in the background, and currently the Iron Man versus Cap fight is going on. And the end, before we the started recording today,
2: yeah,
0: one thing I had brought up to the guys was if you notice, this movie uses a very interesting shooting style, a very interesting cinematography in that everything has like a, a bit of a sped up feel to it. I would say that's where it what I was referring to. It's like very jerky but sped up as the
2: action happens. Well, yeah, like we, we talked about it. I don't know if it was actually sped up, more so, it felt like you were there. Meaning a couple of characters are going at it and you're mo- you, you're yourself moving. You're not static. You're not standing there. Just The shot is not just stationary while the characters move around in front of you. You're moving around, it seems, as well. If not I- that it's dizzying or you've got to buckle your seatbelt. I can see that. But you're, you're moving as if to get out of the way of somebody throwing a punch or moving because somebody just fired something at you. Whatever. I just feel like it
0: was very yeah. stop motion in terms of how it was shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was very, like, like I said, just, like, tch, 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 tch. I liked that. And it all, like you said, you know, it gives, like also, you know, like you're there. It gave it a sense of a realness to me.
2: At that Now, you, when you mentioned it earlier, and when we were playing the movie, it was at the part earlier, early in the movie with Falcon, Cap, and Black Widow against Crossbones and his goons, and I saw what you meant by that point, and I'd have to look again with later scenes to see if the same idea was perpetuated through it. And I suspect, yes, it was.
0: I just I think that was a well-done shot choice by the Russo brothers, and it helped. It absolutely helped it. Because when I say it makes it look real, it makes it look seamless, like there were no cuts. Like this is, oh yeah, that actually is Chris Evans falling onto a truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? like, Or, oh, wow, that's Robert Downey Jr. really getting punched in the head. You know, just that level of...
2: Well, they made it seamless, seamless there, but, of course, changing who's doing the fighting, whether it be focusing on Cap and who's he's, who he's fighting, or Falcon if he's zooming by, shooting a, a, a rocket launch type thing out of his, his wings, or, or Black Widow, and, you know, throughout like that. And part of what I want to get into now, too, is the under-usage of, of the villain crossbones does not last that long in this movie
0: yeah but the thing is this the focal point is a non-superpowered villain and that's daniel Bruhl's character of zemo and in my opinion zemo might be up there in the top three favorite villains i've seen in these movies Mm -hmm. really yeah why is that because he's got motivation he's got that you know real motivation like my family died because of these people and you know what? I'm not going to do something to them, but I'm going to do something to them. Yeah. And it was cool. It's like, not cool, you know what I mean? But like, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a, such a villainous thing to do. And in a way, you feel for him. You're like, you know what? I do feel bad because you're watching him throughout the movie right before he has his botched suicide attempt. He's listening one last time to his wife's voicemail. Yeah. He plays it and then deletes it because this is the last time I'll ever hear it. And then, you know, he's going to, Do what he does, but Black Panther, you know, prevents it. Yada yada yada. It's again a very a villain with great motivation, but it's that shades of gray where you know you kind of want to be like, well, I kind of understand where he's coming from, but you shouldn't have gone that far.
2: Yeah, right, right.
0: Do you agree that he should have been
3: in the in the Bucky prison?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Because a person that had no no no, like real superpowers and. And it was just a really, you know...
0: Because he caused all this grief. Right. He deserves the same treatment the other guy did.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, well, with, with me, you mentioning Bucky there is is the part where I just noticed that maybe should be brought to light are all those blue packets where the attempted creation of other Winter Soldiers comes in. Doesn't work, because I guess they have adverse reactions and they just can't handle the uh, change... Correct? Correct. Okay. Which Our came father. from Tony's father. <sighs> yeah, some responsibility lies there. Mm-hmm.
0: Now let me ask you guys, by the way, this is another movie where we don't see anything pertaining to the any of the Infinity Gems. While we're at the topic of it, where do you think the Infinity Gems are? Going
2: off on a little bit of a tangent. The ones that we've seen the, so far, where the are one, they? The The last one. The final one? Correct. Oh, I thought this was touched on in what previous episode.
0: We don't know. Like, the last gem, no one knows. And people have, like, there's this one theory, by the way, going around, that, you know, the Tesseract one, and, you know, it's T, then H, whatever, A, Aether, you know, the sec whatever. Oh, to spell? Thanos. Thanos. And I'm in the belief that, you know, the last gem, letter H. Him. Box of Hamburger Helper.
1: <sighs>
2: Think about
0: it. You guys thinking about it? Yes.
2: I like Hamburger Helper. It's delicious, isn't it? Especially the three cheese variety. I like the glove guy. Now there's a costume. So, so what guys, but, uh, Give
3: a hand for you. Hands well, on. If, uh, if anyone uh, cosplayed that.
2: Wow. Have a big hit with the ladies. Yeah. Or be hit by the ladies. Woo. But anyway. Get your hand off me. But I'm just <laughs> taking a picture. Off off of
0: off of that tangent. I don't know. I just feel Daniel Broll's character was fantastic. And I've been a fan of him for a very long time. Like I saw I want to say my introduction to him as an actor was either Inglorious Bastards by Quentin Tarantino or Goodbye Lennon, which is a very underrated movie. Fantastic it's basically about the Berlin Wall. Okay. And, you know, the separation when it finally went down. So Well,
2: you had a different or, I thought, more serious guess in a previous episode as to where that last stone is.
0: It's in Daniel (sighs) Broll.
2: I thought it was in the cocoon that is is being called Adam or him in some version of the comic book. Well, yeah.
0: I just wanted to go with, you know the H So go, does, Helper just to go
3: back to the do you think he's going to make another appearance in uh... Daniel Broll? yeah
0: no no. as much as I'd like to see it wait he no. didn't even finish
3: an
2: no. appearance in what Infinity in, in, in the future movies in a, oh okay not necessarily this Infinity no. War okay
0: I don't see it no okay. would I like to I abstain I I think he would make a great villain in one of the Netflix series now it would be a downgrade for him as an actor but in all honesty it would be good to watch him you know interact with more street-level or, like, you know, more non— like, they're superpowers, but they're not that superpowered,
2: you know? Right. Well, you know, talking about return of characters, Hawkeye, who supposedly we were told was retired, but comes to enlist and get the Scarlet Witch to fight alongside uh, Team Captain America. Now— And has it has a little tat with, with Vision— clever use of these arrows and uh, and helps along with wanda to uh well solidify the vision and essentially bury him make him so heavy that he sinks all the way down to the basement of the of the building that they're in
0: well, i've got to tell you guys with that moment when he returns and you know he's doing his scene with um when he's doing his scene with scarlet witch and vision i'm watching this movie the entire time and i'm just thinking to myself f-bomb he is such a cool looking or a cool character you know he just really is and like if you check our twitter you know i retweeted that i'm like really that really is how i feel just an awesome character just underutilized in the mcu oh. and that's why i am interested in seeing what happens with infinity war
2: i don't know about underutilized but maybe he's, he's second string yeah <sighs>
0: When you think of the Avengers, he, do you think of him as one of the first names?
2: In which context?
0: When you think of the Marvel Avengers and the and, you know the cinematic universe, do you think of him as one of the first ones? No, you think of
2: Iron Man, Cap, Thor, Hulk. Yeah, and then he comes along with Black Widow, right? You but he's he there. Of him first. No, you don't exactly. So <laughs> a departure from comic books where he becomes the leader of the West Coast Avengers. Right. Or Avengers West Coast. File that one under A or W, comic book fans. I went with the way it first started. I'm not changing it. What, W? Correct. boy, Eddie. Thank you. You, you tell him. Ugh. Patricio? He's lost.
0: I'm lost again. In, <laughs> regards to, in regards to Hawkeye, do you feel like he was underutilized?
3: Not in this movie because I, I really like that he, they fleshed out his character in, in Ultron and you have him, you know, back in his movie and then it comes back towards the end and I you know, he he's a great actor, the the guy who plays him. Jeremy Renner. Yeah.
2: They gave him so. a good amount of fleshing out of character screen time with going to the safe house and you getting to see more about who he was. Up to this point of going to the safe house, I thought, oh, he and Black Widow had a thing, not only just working together in what's that country? Um, yeah Sokovia No You and I remember Very differently
0: Oh I know what you're talking about Okay
2: from Avengers Yeah Thank you Berlin Fill in the blank hey. Berlin
0: Istanbul it- Not
3: Constantinople Oh Istanbul Was it? No Budapest Budapest,
2: Budapest. Budapest. I knew it was a B yeah. city A B town Yeah thank you Like Poughkeepsie,
0: Poughkeepsie. <sighs> That is a B town
2: Okay fine Beacon is a B town
0: Well yeah Literally Oh, literal, Eddie.
2: Thank you very much.
0: But, yeah, so also, you know, because we got to start wrapping this episode up soon because we are going a little bit into overtime, but one of the things about this movie also, you have the developing, further developing relationship between Scarlet Witch and Vision. That's right. And this is where, you know, you start seeing the seeds planted
2: a little bit. You see a little bit of it in, you know... Ultron. Yeah, but not Vision much. Vision swoops in and rescues Wanda, and I'm like, ooh!
0: I like this. I know this is going. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's just smart. It's smart seeing, you know, that little nod to the comics and
2: Vision cooking for, for Wanda in before Hawkeye interrupts. Not
0: just that, but also just that, that outfit he's wearing.
2: Yes, he's domesticated.
0: Yeah, that's that's the example of <laughs> He's cardiganized. My girlfriend picked my outfit out for me. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. But just a backtrack, like like
3: when I'm watching the watching this uh, movie for this podcast, it was like I, I forget it's a Captain America movie. Yeah. I feel like I'm watching an Avengers movie. Like another yes. version of Avengers movie.
2: Yes, there's so many characters. Yeah. That's exactly right. And in in some ways, I feel like
0: we didn't get that final Captain America movie. We got instead... Underoos. Yeah, you know, it's that. And it bummed me out, but at the same time, I'm happy we got this. Of, you know all, I mean? thing, of all things to cry out.
1: <laughs>
2: but... Never had him, by the way. Just for the record, I had Deadpool underoos. Uh, I, have. I brought it up. I, des- I deserve that. Had a boy. There you go,
0: Batricio. There you go. But also, in regards to another character that you know makes his appearance in this, you know, meets these characters for the first time, Ant-Man. And I was talking to you about this in the car ride. You know, to hear. I feel, Paul Rudd's Ant-Man in this movie, is the Earth equivalent. Of Star Lord, and wow. I say that because if you remember that one scene, you know, Hank Pym always says, "Never trust a Stark." Who yes, are you? yes, that, that's exactly like Star Lord, man, legendary outlaw. Yes, Oh, forget it. Pew pew lasers.
2: Exactly <laughs> right, right. You know, there was a question too. I'm going through the towards the end of these notes, and and Aubrey, I believe, had asked about who took out who and with War Machine falling. And I said, if I remembered correctly, Vision was the one who was aiming for the Falcon, who swerved and instead knocked out War Machine. And, you know, where was it supposed to go? What was supposed to happen from there? That's the way I thought it, you know, played out. And I don't know if there was, whether well, it was intentional or, but it was Vision who who did that. It wasn't Iron Man's repulsor who, who did anything, you know, to that but again then then you have you know it just doesn't get any it doesn't get any better as things go along because you've got now a crippled iron uh, excuse me war machine keep thinking to say iron patriot
0: which by the way there's a meme going around and it's really really funny you know we have that technology the wakanda technology which is partial black panther spoiler but not really they have the ability to do stuff like that you know heal people and yeah you actually no it's not a black panther spoiler because you see, at the end of this, you know, they help out yeah. Bucky. If they have this technology, why couldn't they help out? You know, War Machine. If they were on the same team, did it not
2: get revealed at that point? But he could have helped With him. That ability. They
0: were, they were on the same team.
2: Just keeping it hush hush for now.
0: I, I, I think Black Panther
2: is an ass. He should have helped out. You know, <gasps> <Well>. Rhodey. His. <laughs> He's Brody. a bad Brody ass because of that vibranium laced costume of his
0: now one other little thing that I want to touch on that you know I'm hearing we're hearing the credits right now and I'm hearing Alt-J's left hand free one of the things about this movie that I found really interesting at the time was this came out the same time as the television show Preacher which is based on a comic by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon and what I found funny was the first shot in the movie you know you just see in big letters every single time something would happen like 1991, gigantic letters, not leathers. Yes. Or, you know, Queens, big letters. When Preacher debuted on AMC, first episode, big letters, big letters. I found that to be a really interesting trend that
1: they were, trend, I guess, yeah.
0: Like all these companies were trying to do this at the same time. Didn't happen since, but. Lagos. I yeah. would say 2016 was the year of gigantic leather, letters. It's happening again. Oh, my. uh, Oh, my. Uh, uh, uh. I love that I can get Eddie off guard with my
2: George Takai impression. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, uh, uh. You want to go off topic? Where's the Mandarin? In a fortune cookie. In a fortune cookie. America.
0: Now, would you say, you know, overall with this movie... They knocked it out of the park.
2: Very close. It was well done, I I
0: thought. We get great relationships. We even, like I said, you know, going back earlier, we got a great relationship between Bucky and the Falcon. And that made me want to see, you know, more. When we're watching them, you know, seeing Cap kiss his first girl, like, you know, maybe like 150 years, you know, just the whole little uh, subtle nod, like, yeah. Ninety-five, not dead. He's gonna get some, yeah. Mm-mm. That and also, uh
2: uh-huh, my... huh, uh huh, uh huh.
0: What else do we have? Da da da. Uh...
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Chika chick. Doom.
3: Like watching the end credits, a thing. Now, when did they start doing that? Spider-Man will return, and oh, the, they've been doing they, that yeah. for a while.
2: At mm-hmm. the end of Civil War, Spider-Man will return. Yeah. Which is jumping ahead to what I had here. But anyway.
0: But yeah, going back to Bucky and the Falcon, you know, you also have the whole, I couldn't have done
2: that sooner. I hate you. I love I love that. Yes, it's a good, you know, what things, uh, you, the relationships are solidifying and that's great. I don't think it's a stand up, ovation, cheering, bravo kind of thing. I don't, I don't get to that level. Just shy of that. Yeah. That's yeah. me.
0: And also, you know, one last little thing before we actually get into our final discussion of the episode. Something I found funny about this movie was in the trailers that were going on before this movie came out, because we were all getting excited, you know, wow, Spider-Man's coming, this, that, the other thing. What I found interesting was the usage of alternate takes. And I've discussed this on a previous episode probably like 15,000 times, but whatever. Just the idea of that one line, I wish I could just punch those perfect white teeth down your throat. And in the final cut, I wish I could just punch those pretty light teeth down your throat. And also the whole...
2: Oh, I thought it was, I just wish I could punch you in those perfect white teeth.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i just going off memory.
2: Yeah, down your I'm, throat isn't working yeah, for me. Yeah. Whatever
0: it is. But like I said, just the usage of different takes really surprised me. And it it is an example of, you know, not everything's going to be used in the final film based on the trailers. Like you know, what do you do? I rebel from Rogue One, you know that stuff. But oh. Not everything's going to be used, but I don't mind that. But also, it's it's interesting that you know they kind of do a little bit a little bit of bait and switch with the audience, and I think that's smart.
2: You know, maybe that's a good um, a good use of alternate takes because otherwise you could be in in such a loop of like, okay, well, which way should it go? Which way should it end? How would you like it to end? And choose your ending. No, I. Uh, you know what? You go to a movie to not have to think so much in most cases, and this is the way you want it. And I think that all started to change when you got. I'm just thinking of, for example, a director's cut of the first Daredevil movie, and I'm like, wait a minute, it could have gone this way. Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, we needed it, more Coolio. Added an extra yes. little bit of time in there and so on, but a little more battling Matt Murdock, please. But you know, that was how that, how that went. So, the, but the multiple. Uh, times, the alternates, reminded me of because I got ahead and I did actually see the next movie that we're doing and I'm thinking of the repeated s- scenes with Doctor Strange. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. And the many ways Doctor Strange dies, they're all painful. I When we get oh. to
0: that, that's why I'm going to talk about how Doctor Strange is one of the most selfless characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and honestly, the bravest. Really?
1: Huh. Okay. Uh, there, next uh, yeah, you okay. What
2: could be? Mm-hmm.
0: And actually, also, guys, before we really do get into the end of the episode, because it's we're going, we're going uh, overtime with this one. I find this movie interesting because it's got my favorite, and honestly, it is my favorite Stanley cameo. Are you Tony Stank? Who, by the way, want, we want to thank the winner of our Stanley Pop Vinyl contest. We ended up picking him, and we're going to be sending his package off very soon. Do we clap for that?
1: Hooray!
0: Hooray, Noah. Wasn't it Noah? I believe so. I think oh. so. <laughs> oh.
2: His arc. Stop. Indiana. Indiana. Dun, Here da, we da, come. Dun,
0: <laughs> so, yeah, guys. Overall, let, let, let's get into the uh, final reviews of this. Patricio, you go first. Well, One thing I like, I think, like I was
3: telling you earlier, in the car ride, this is one of the movies that I think it, you could appreciate more if you watch it the whole way through. Because yeah. it's a nice build up to the, to the beginning to the end to, you know, the Sokovia what happened there and you, you you know it's just a nice build up to the whole movie. It's not like it has super villain or things like that. It was a nice interplay of the human relationships, them interacting with them and and how, sort of like uh, the mechanics of, of, of them trying to be a team and them falling apart. I thought it was really well done.
0: And would you say where would you say this is you know not ranking? We won't get to We'll get to that later. Yeah. But how does this Stand compared to other Marvel movies.
1: Hmm.
3: That's tough because I, I really like Spider-Man: Homecoming. So,
0: would you say that this was more of a gimmick of a movie, though, by util- you know the utilization of all these characters together battling each other?
3: I don't think it's a gimmick. I think more more of as a, as a stepping stone to where we are now. Right. It had to happen eventually.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I feel the utilization of a good versus good story works because then you end up seeing the elements of well these characters aren't perfect right now eddie yourself
2: well I, on that i would have said it could be good versus good or could you say good versus better question mark
0: Ooh, yeah i could see that
2: as maybe it's maybe one's better than the other if you're swayed to to one side or the other you know there were two things i wanted to just point out before i got to my ranking and that was the final tony versus cap scene where in defending bucky Tony is told by Steve, he's my friend. And Tony says, so was I. And that's and that was that's another
0: one where there's alternate takes.
2: Poignant scene right there. And the shield doesn't belong to Captain America. You don't deserve it. My father made it. Patricio and I,
0: on the way here, actually discussed that that line. The whole, thats that was my father's shield, blah, blah, blah. You don't deserve it.
3: Take
2: it.
0: It was like a little kid. Like a little kid saying... Yeah, well, I'm going to take my toys, and we're going to go. I'm going to go. I'm trying done.
2: to pull out all the stops to 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 bring him down, and to we... to weaken him sort of. And that's not the first time that Cap gave up the shield, just like in Winter Soldier. Dropped it through the Helicarrier that was sinking, of course. Let it go, and just took the punches because she was with him to the end of the line. Yeah. The other thing, though, at, at the mid-credit scene was the uh, development or the invention of the Spidey signal. No,
0: so that was the end credit.
2: The end credit, yes. Post credit scene and
0: mid credit was Bucky getting frozen. Yes, in wacky Wakanda.
2: Yes, just like Claw getting his arm cut off. The left arm goes off, and the same thing with the Winter Soldier, and and uh, just a really really back flip here to to Claw, knowing, unlike yourself, that. I would see Claw again in Black Panther, knowing from that Black Panther 15 or so issue run that he was a significant Black Panther villain, the master of sound and having a completely different device and, of course, get-up costume, etc.
0: So now, Eddie, overall with this movie, what would you say is the lasting impression of it for you?
2: Very good, but not completely superior to to other films. going to keep it on the same level as a couple of other ones. I just have to sort out where... I, it, does, it doesn't get to the top of my list does this, in tire, otherwise.
0: With this kind of movie, do you consider this more an Avengers film than a Captain America?
2: You're easily led to believe that, yes. I think so. Now, let's say it was the third
0: Avengers movie. Would you say this is on par with them or slight, like slightly below Age of Ultron?
2: I'm trying to remember if I had this Age of Ultron and Avengers at the same level. Um, looking real quick. No, I didn't have them at the same level. I, I put Avengers at higher than, than Age of Ultron. I'd probably put it somewhere... Would you say... On a similar level. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be... It's not going to be a full five ranking, though, for me, for the main reason I mentioned earlier, which I'll go into again.
0: Well, so, for myself, I loved the movie, and when I saw it, you know, I saw it twice opening weekend, I want to say, and I just... I adored it. I thought, you know... This was the f- perfect personification of Spider-Man. This was the battle I wanted to see. I wanted to see these over-the-top fights, you know, good versus good, like I said. And, you know, when you see Ant-Man fighting and becoming Giant-Man, which people
2: still are, you know, shocked happened. That was a great geek out, I'm sorry, moment and, that and, for that to happen.
0: Him being, you know, that like the, the character of Ant-Man, you know, Scott Lang's. Of when he becomes large and he grabs war machine. <laughs> I loved that. That over-the-top laugh. Like, oh, crap, I can
2: do this. And then the line that follows was, give me back my roads. Hey, I just want some orange slices.
1: <laughs>
0: but I, did, I feel what they did with this was the perfect battle. And it's a movie that, you know, when, after the movie came out, I will admit, you know, I would rewatch this movie. But I would only watch the big battle, you know, between all the heroes fighting each other in the
2: airport and Spider-Man at the airport. scenes. Like that was about it. And this is not going to do well for the Sokovia Courts.
0: And like that was that was all it really was—just was Spider-Man scenes and hero versus hero. And then, you know, I rewatched this again, and it flowed. It flowed perfectly. You know, you you get so much out of this movie.
2: You do. There is a lot to to get, even after a couple of viewings. I think this was only my third yes, in its yeah. entirety. But I have to back up my last statement because it doesn't add well to the you know amount of destruction with the Sokovia Accords and everything. Although there is the element that's not there in the loss of human life, it's confined to an airport. Hopefully, no staff involved in well, that there kind of thing. Was the
0: staircar from of Development?
2: The stair car. Mm-hmm. which
0: is confirmed, it was like basically the Russo brothers who had you know directed episodes of of Development in the past snuck that in as an Easter egg for fans of the show. So you see the stare card that the Bluth family drove.
2: That's fine. I'm out of that one. I think
0: that was such a neat little touch, like just to throw, you know, a little homage. If you to know
2: man. all things, you know. And also the Russo uh,
0: brothers ended up doing community, the television show community. Mm-hmm. And the dean shows up, and he's the one, you know, talking about the, the hot dog in the shaft. What? That was him. That's the dean from the TV no, show. No, I mean, community. like, what are you talking about, what? If you remember when Tony <laughs> does his big speech afterwards and then... Oh, so you're giving funding to everybody. Well, I got an idea about, you know, a self-cooking hot dog.
2: Kind of now, okay. That guy. Yeah, to me, that's just a part of what happened in the movie. I love, I love M- that. oblivious you know... to that and blissfully happily self. So.
0: But again, I just love that they acknowledge, you know,
2: their past work.
0: Well, that's like uh, like Sam Raimi with, uh, with Spider-Man,
3: burning mm-hmm. the, the yellow car in from Evil Dead and...
2: They oh, just... see, another thing. Yeah. I'm just learning a lot here now. Another... But no, I didn't have a prerequisite for these directors and stuff to know what they did before. And to what they've brought into this current thing. Yeah.
0: They also actually I just remembered now like this just dawned on me. The actor who plays Abed on community. He's in Winter Soldier, directed by the Russo brothers. So there you go. I'm kind of hoping we end up seeing Donald Glover in Avengers Infinity War next because that's directed by them as well. <laughs> you never know. Or maybe Chevy Chase will show up and like he'll do like a random rant. Yeah, that'd be bad. <laughs> It'd
2: be funny. As he has wont to do.
0: But yeah, so overall, this isn't my favorite Marvel movie, but it's it's definitely up there. And it's it's got a lot going for it. And I feel if this was an Avengers movie, this is the best Avengers movie. Like, I just, I cannot get over how much I enjoyed this.
2: I wrestled a little bit in discussing this a little while ago. Wondered about where I was going to rank this. I'm putting it on the same level as Avengers Age of Ultron. Wow. You want the number?
0: Well, I'll I'll go with my ranking first because I got it all ready and it'll be a quick one, two, three.
2: Up to 13.
0: Yeah, well, we have my tie, remember? <laughs> my tie? You're drinking again? I am. Ugh. Number 12, Thor The Dark World. Number 11, Iron Man 3. Number 10, Incredible Hulk. Number 9, Iron Man 2. Number 8, Captain America, The First Avenger. Number 7, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 6, Avengers... Number five, Thor. Number four, Iron Man. Number three, Captain America. Civil War. Wah. Number two, The Winter Soldier. Number one, Ty, Ant Man, and Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: Huh. Ooh ha! Now, Eddie yourself. Ugechaka even. Um, I'm not doing the Casey Kasem countdown version that Peter Melnick does, so I'll start at the top like I usually do, and for two hours and twenty-five minutes thereabouts. Probably one of the—or was there one longer than that? This is one of the longest. I think it was. Okay. Uh, I think this is the contrast longest. Contrast that with next week, which comes in at less than two hours. Just which saying. I don't mind. Yeah, no. A lot going on there and need to really be absorbed. But at the top, with a ranking of five, a tie with Iron Man, Avengers, Captain America Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Dropping down to a ranking of 4.75, Thor, Captain America First Avenger. Down to 4.5, Ant-Man and Iron Man 2. Dropping to a 4.25, the newly ranked Captain America Civil War, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Iron Man 3. Down to a 4 for The Incredible Hulk. And finally, below that, at a 3.5, Thor The Dark World.
0: Very, very generous, Eddie.
3: I try. I try. Now, Patricio, yourself? I have no ranking, because I haven't (laughs) seen all the movies like you guys have seen. But the ones that I have seen was...
2: uh... Let's go with your top
3: three. Uh, Top three. Ant-Man's up there. That was one of my newer favorites that uh, I saw recently that I really liked. And it's just a surprise of how good it is. It was. It was surprising. It, It was good. The way they did the origin story, quick, fast, boom, you're in the movie, you're good. Spider-Man Homecoming, and I have to say H. Voltron, I like it a little bit more better than Civil War. Really? Yeah. I didn't like it at the beginning, because I I don't like, I'm not a huge fan of James Spader. I've grown to like him. You like Robert California. I I like Robert California. That's why he he won me over. I hated him in every other movie, but...
0: He's a lizard king.
3: Yes, exactly. (laughs) But H. Voltron, what I liked about it was... I guess it's just Tony Stark just ruining everything, basically.
0: <laughs> Pissing off his coworkers yet again.
2: It's a new outlook for me on, on Tony now. Isn't it? It is. I like, ever really since thought... somebody
0: pointed that out, I'm like, ah, oh, crap it is. Everyone, yeah, everyone hates true. working with Tony. It's just... This is all his fault. I would say so, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think Thanos got, like, a late video feed. I'm Iron Man. I'm gonna kick your ass, and then it's just like, wait a minute, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Earth, I'm gonna kick that guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. So now let's get to that whole Fine. rigmarole. I'll do it of, myself. Let's get into that whole rigmarole. We got the Facebook Facebook.com/slash The Marvelous. We got the Twitter at
2: The Marvelous. Myself
0: at Peter Melnick. Yourself
2: at E Wilson nine five nine.
0: Yourself Jason Robayo. And let's see, you can also find us on Instagram, at... Let me, let me guess, let me guess. The Marvelous? I think it is. All right. Is it, Eddie? It is. You can also find myself, at Peter Melnick on uh, Instagram, and Patricio, let's give a little bit of plug-ski for your photo work. Ah,
3: well, uh, you can find me at patriciorobio.com, very unique, and guess my Instagram is, guess, guess,
0: guess what? Patricio Rubio. There you go. I was go. surprised. Viewers were confused. Cuttlefish. off interested. <laughs> And also, drop us an email, send us questions, comments, strongly worded letters, Themarvelous@gmail.com. at
2: gmail.com.
0: You can also go on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe, let people know you're listening, share this show, let people know you like it. You can also go on Stitcher Radio and stream the show, available for all iOS and Android devices. And while we're on the subject yet again about Stitcher, hey, go to stitcher.com slash premium and use the promo code Marvelists. Get a free one month, and after that, if you want to stay on $4.99 a month, I'm doing it. I'm enjoying it. I'm listening to, like I said, Wolverine, The Long Night, which is exclusive right now to Stitcher. And when you sign up for that, guess what happens, guys? What happens? You support the show. You end up having, helping us out because show Stitcher, hey, these guys are listening to Stitcher Premium thanks to these guys. So we're going to help them out. And it
3: helps. Yes. Great show.
0: Guys, for Peter Melnick, I'm Peter Melnick.
3: And for Patrice Robo Patrice Robaio. And I just want to say thank you to Eddie and Peter for letting me be on the podcast. I had a really good time, and I hope I didn't
0: ruin it. No, you did not. So, you good. are more than welcome to return, by the All way. Right. Maybe we'll bring you on for Spider-Man 3. So you Maybe. get to talk about Venom. <laughs> for no reason. just how that movie was
1: awful. And for Eddie Wilson.
2: I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Obsessed with Marvel. Post-credit question number 1318. Who are the witch breed? One word, witch breed. W i t c h b r e e d. Witch breed. Sandwich breed. Okay. The witches and warlocks of New Salem. Human servants of the Nagari, that is N-apostrophe-G-A-R-A-I. The X-Men in Marvel 1602... Or demonic beings led by Nestereth, that's N apostrophe A S T, I R H, who are the witch breed, the witches and warlocks of New Salem, human servants of the Nagari, the X Men in Marvel 1602, or demonic beings led by Nestereth. I, I, you know, it's like no clue here,
3: but I, I'm thinking 1602. That's the only thing that pops up to me. Marvel
2: yeah. 1602. I'm probably gonna have to to to, to con concede to that since you both said the same thing i I just wasn't going to go with the witches and warlocks of new salem just for the record a but we're going to hit c and see what happens that is correct well done gentlemen marvel 1602 i'll put it on the list there you go 1602 who first drew the living tribunal was it marie severin steve ditko bill everett or dan adkins the living tribunal well, if you knew it really well, you'd maybe figure out where The Living Tribunal was first seen. But Marie Severin, Steve Ditko, Bill Everett, or Dan Adkins. I think they're all valid names, and I'm...
0: I don't go with Ditko.
2: I... You wouldn't go with Ditko? No, I'm not Ditko. going with Ditko. Oh, okay. I was going to. All right, so if it's not Ditko... Because
0: The Living Tribunal is a, a cosmic character, if I remember correctly. <sighs> it's a, going... It's a
2: rotating shrouded head, I thought. Goldish in color, I thought. Maybe one is shrouded, covering the eyes. The other one has the eyes that are glowing white exposed, if I'm remembering.
0: I wouldn't go with Dan Adkins or whatever his name is. Right. Severin seems possible, like a Hulk book. Oh my. And then who's okay. the other one?
2: Bill Everett. How about Bill?
0: Bill? No, Bill Everett was more like a Daredevil artist. Okay. So I would go with Severin.
2: All right. Any idea? Patrizio. I'll say D. Whatever D you're, was. You're going with D for Dan Atkins. Yes. Um. All right. I'm going to lean with um. Severn hit A. No. What? And it was B. Steve Ditko. Why didn't I oh. listen to myself? My Eddie <laughs> sense doesn't fail me. Arg.